And here we go. Hey, good evening or good day or good something. Something. Um, welcome back after a long hiatus to the Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility podcast. For those of you joining us for the first time, um, my name is Chris. Sarah. Um, we are the Chipmans. Um, I am related to Movie Bob, Bob Chipman. Um, also do a podcast with him, <laughs> the Chipman Brothers Tangent. And this is kind of my own thing um, right here with my wife. Um, we do this because we're parents and we wanted to do a podcast about shearing. Uh, shearing. Ed Shearing. Shearing. We're shearing sheep. We're shearing sheep. About <laughs> sharing um, kind of our, our childhood. Sharing is caring, Chris. Sharing is caring. And the geek culture type of stuff that we grew up with and just things in general with our, um, at the time we started it, our child, our daughter, and um, now we have a new baby on the way coming this July. So, um, yay! We're crazy. Two kids. Yeah. Two kids. Um, anywho, so um, that's what this podcast is about. Um, just to remind you, um, this podcast and other things I'm doing are brought to you by my Patreon, patreon.com slash the Chippa. That's T-H-E-C-H-I-P-P-A. And with a new baby and just living normal life, any extra amount of money helps us actually have the spare time to bring this to you. You can also check out my YouTube channel, which we've been putting these up as videos. We're hoping to transition into the download, but the videos will probably <laughs> still be up. So the Chippa made this. It's just me, the Chippa, on um, on YouTube as well. This episode is about drive-in movie theaters. Um Researching this one was fun. A lot of good information there. This one might end up being a little longer um, than our normal stuff. Um, so with that, I'm going to let Sarah start on the history of drive-in movie Very theaters. Nice. All right. History. A drive-in theater is a form of cinema structure consisting of a large outdoor movie screen, a projection booth, a concession stand, and a large parking area for automobiles. Side note, the one we go to also has a beer garden. With this enclosed area, customers can view movies from the privacy and comfort of their cars. Some drive-ins have small playgrounds for children and beer gardens and a few picnic tables or benches and beer gardens. And beer gardens. The screen can be as simple as a wall that is painted white or it can be a steel truss structure with a complex finish. Originally, a movie's sound was provided by speakers on the screen and later by an individual speaker hung from the window of each car. This system was replaced by the more economical and less damage-prone method of broadcasting on AM or FM radio. Before drive-in theaters were created, a partial drive-in theater, Theater de Guadalupe, Guadalupe! was opened in Le Cruces, New Mexico, sorry if I botched that, on April 23, 1915. 700 people could be comfortably seated outdoors along with the space for 40 cars. The theater closed in 1916. In 1921, like almost 100 years ago. That was the year my nanny was born. Oh, that's awesome. Yay, nanny. Um, May she rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, a drive-in was opened by Claude V. Caver in Comanche, Texas. Caver or Caver? Caver? obtained a permit from the city to project films downtown. With cars parked bumper to bumper, patrons witnessed the screening of silent films from their vehicles. In the 1920s, outdoor movies, you can't see my air quotes, became a popular summer entertainment. Whoa. And I scrolled past our stuff. Good job. We'll keep smart. that because it's fun. Uh, Here. Okay. The drive-in theater was patented by in Camden, New Jersey by chemical company 
Magnate. 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 (laughs) Richard M. Hollingstead Jr. In 1932, Hollingshead conducted an outdoor theater test in his driveway for nailing a screen to his trees in the backyard. He set a 1928 Kodak projector on the hood of his car and put a radio behind the screen, testing different sound levels with his car windows down and up. Blocks under vehicles in the driveway enabled him to determine the size and spacing of ramps so all automobiles could have a clear view of the screen. That sounds like something we would do. Right? Hollingshead's drive-in opened in New Jersey June 6, 1933 in Pensaukin Pensaukin Township. It offered space for 400 cars and a 40-by-50-foot screen. He advertised his drive-in theater with the slogan, The whole family is welcome, regardless of how noisy the children are. Failing to make a profit, Hollings had sold the theater after three years to a union, up to a Union New Jersey theater owner, who moved the infrastructure to that city, but the concept caught on nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Oh. <laughs> Fucking Peyton Manning. Anyway. <laughs> Ooh, go Brady! The April 15, 1934 opening of Shankweller's Auto Park in Orfield, Pennsylvania. Shankweller's. Shankweller's. It was followed by Galveston's Drive-In Short Reel Theater, July 5, 1934. The Pico Drive-In Theater at Pico uh, Westwood. And Westwood. And Westwood Boulevards in Los Angeles, September 9, 1934. And the Weymouth Drive-In in Weymouth, Mass. 19- Massachusetts, kid! In Weymouth, Massachusetts, May 6, 1936. In 1937, three more opened in Ohio, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, with another 12 during the 1938. And in 1939, in California, Florida, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New York, Texas, and Virginia. Early drive-in theaters had to deal with sound issues. The original Hollings had drive-in had speakers installed on the tower itself, which caused a sound delay. In 1935, the Pico Drive-In Theater attempted to solve this problem by having a row of speakers in front of the cars. In 1941, RCA introduced in-car speakers with individual volume controls, which solved the noise pollution issue. Woohoo! Peak. The drive-in's peak popularity came in the late 1950s. I love the 1950s. And early 1960s, particularly in rural areas with some 4,000 drive-ins spread across the United States. Among its advantages was the fact that a family with a baby could take care of the child while watching a movie while teenagers with access to autos found drive-ins ideal for dates. Revenue Brown was- chicken, brown cow. Now teenagers can sit on their phones in their cars and not piss off the people next to them. Revenue is more limited than regular theaters since showings can only begin at twilight. There were attempts over the years to create subtle conditions for daylight viewing, such as large tent structures, but nothing vehicle was viable was developed. <coughs> nothing vehicle. During the 1950s, the greater privacy afforded to patrons gave drive-ins a reputation as immoral. <laughs> Beginning in the 1970s, many drive-ins changed from family fare to exploitation films oh, baby. as a way to offset declining patronage and revenue. Also during the 1970s, some drive-ins began to show pornographic movies in less family-centered time slots to bring extra income. Again, brown chicken, brown brown cow. cow. One of the largest drive-in theaters was Johnny All-Weather Drive-In. Sounds happy. In Copacog, New York. Copiag? Any city in New York, (laughs) easy to say, seriously. Covering over 29 acres, it could park 2,500 cars. There's a full-service restaurant with seating on the roof and a trolley system to take children and adults to the playground and a large indoor theater for bad weather or for those who wanted to watch in 
air conditioned comfort. That's pretty kick ass. Decline. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Drive-ins face large competition from home entertainment, from color televisions to VCRs and video rentals. For those of you of the <clears throat> millennial generation um, watching this, video rentals were a thing that used to happen where you'd go to a store and rent a movie. And I used to work at one of them called Blockbuster. Crickets. <laughs> this, along with the 1970s energy crisis, led to a sharp decline in attendance as well as the widespread adoption of daylight savings time, Boom. making it harder for drive-ins to operate successfully. Also, the 1980s real estate interest rate hikes made the large property area increase uh, increasingly expensive. Less than 200 drive-ins were in operation in the U.S. and Canada by the late 1980s. Since the 1990s, they have lapsed into a quasi-novelty status, with the remaining handful offering generally nostalgic audience. While many... Well, <clears throat> With many drive-ins continuing to successfully operate in some areas, mostly on the West Coast. Newer theaters opened during this time, as well as a handful of them being reopened. By 2013, drive-ins comprised only 1.5% of movie screens in the United States. With 389 theaters in operation, at the industry's height, about 25% of the nation's movie screens had been a drive-in. Many drive-in movie sites remain, but repurposed to storage or flea market sites. Often after residential housing or other higher value uses came to the lightly populated or unpopulated area where the drive-ins were located. The largest drive-in theater in the world, the Fort Lauderdale Swap Shop, doubles as the world's largest daily flea market. Former drive-in properties in Michigan, for example, have become industrial parks, shopping centers, indoor theaters, and even churches, as with the former Wood Woodland Drive-in, Grand Rapids, Michigan. In Philadelphia, the South City Drive-in became the location of the original Spectrum in the late 1960s, whatever the hell that is, with a small portion of its old property line extending into what would become the now the now demolished Veteran Stadium Complex. Another example of a drive-in turned flea market is the Spotlight 88 in North Swickley Township, Beaver County, Pennsylvania, which ended business as a drive-in after F3 tornado destroyed much of the property on May 31st. 1985. In 1985. As a joke, after the tornado hit, the owners put up a put put up in the now showing sign Gone with the Wind. It was mostly like copied from a most likely copied from a Taylor, Michigan drive-in called a, a course drive-in on July 16, 1980, a freak derocho storm. What the hell that is? With 150 mile an hour straight line winds as opposed to squiggly line winds. Swept mm -hmm. the drive. <laughs> Press button to receive bacon. Swept the drive-in away, leaving only the now showing sign with the letters "now playing on with the wind." They rebuilt the screen, but it never recovered. By 1989, it was sold, and now is a Kroger grocery store. Bummer. The resurgence of the industry in the late 1990s led to the inception of the do-it-yourself drive-in, beginning in 2001, which utilized contemporary tools such as LCD projectors and micro-radio transmitters. The first was the Liberation Drive-In in Oakland, California, which sought to reclaim underutilized urban spaces such as vacant parking lots in the downtown area. The following years have seen the rise in guerrilla drive-in movement, in which <clears throat> groups of dedicated individuals orchestrate similar outdoor film and video screenings. Showings 
are often organized online, and participants meet at specified locations to watch films projected on bridge pillars or warehouses. The content featured at these screenings has frequently been independent or experimental films, cult movies, or otherwise alternative programming. The best-known guerrilla drive-ins include the Santa Cruz Guerrilla Drive-In in Santa Cruz, California, <clears throat> North Bay Mobile Drive-In in Nevada, California, Mob Mob in San Francisco, California, and Hollywood, and most recently Gorilla Driving in Victoria, Gorilla Driving Victoria in Victoria, British Columbia. Hmm. Faced with closures of the Hull of Hull's Driving in Lexington, Virginia, in 1999, the nonprofit group Hull's Angels, haha, formed to raise funds, buy the property, and operate the theater as a nonprofit venture specializing in family-friendly films. Hull's continued to be the nation's only nonprofit drive-in. As of March 2014, a figure of 348 drive-ins has been published for the United States. In the fall of 2014, the burger chain Johnny Rockets announced that it would team up with USA drive-ins to open 200 drive-ins by 2018, serving Johnny Rockets food at the concession stands. God, I hope one comes Now, here's an interesting thing. It's 2018. I've tried to find information after the original article that this referenced, and I can't find out if they've actually been pulling it off or not. So, um... We'll get to what I want to say on that in a minute, but um, it's really interesting, and it would be great if they were coming back. Um, so now, since we are from Massachusetts, let's kind of zoom in a little bit with a little bit of a microscope and talk about the drive-in theaters specifically in Massachusetts then and now. So Massachusetts has been home to over 93 drive-in theaters over the years, only four of which still remain open today. The New England area has had less than has less than 20 drive-ins remaining. Um, Chris can't do buttons. Chris either. can't hit buttons. So you can talk about the first one. All right. The Northfield Drive-In. Why can't I talk about, like, Wellfleet? Looks like you're going to get to, probably, or Menden. Go ahead. Well, I'll do, do those two. I'll do those two. Okay. Fine. Yes. I Restructuring. The Northfield Drive-In, located in Northfield, Mass., is actually located on the line of Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Live free or die. So both states get to take credit. Opened in 1948. The original screen was destroyed by a hurricane. This seems to be a running theme. In 1951, then rebuilt. It's still used today, maintaining the original dimensions of 80 feet by 54 feet in height. Upon researching this, we were unaware of this theater, and we'll be checking it out next season for sure. Which is really true. I've never heard of the Northfield Drive-In. The Leicester Triple Drive-In Theater in Leicester, Mass., has a proud 40-plus year history of providing wholesome movie entertainment for families in the community. First opened in 1967 to what was a single-screen theater. On its opening night, Elvis Presley's classic Double Trouble was shown to a sold-out crowd of more than 800 cars. Today, the theater has three screens. We've actually been to this one. Out of the leftover theaters in Massachusetts, it's kind of run down and cruddy. Yeah, it's kind of run down and cruddy. Um, it's still awesome that it exists. I'm sure it's probably better today. A lot of the local ones have been getting kind of bought up and fixed up um, anyway. But um, that's those two. So, Sarah? The Menden Twin Drive-In. Oh, Jesus Christ. Located in Menden, Mass., opened on June 14, 1954, and owned by Susan Swanson and Kathy Gorman since 1986. They sold a theater to Dan Andelman and his brothers, Phantom Gourmet. In March 2014, I was going to say frugal gourmet, it can accommodate 800 cars. The second screen was added in 1998. Now, that is one that we frequent a lot. Yes, it's awesome. And as Sarah said, but I want to add to it, Dan Andelman and his brothers, um, for those of you not from the Boston area, are local 
B-list celebrities. Um, Dude, hey kids. No, no, they they <laughs> they're they're two like college frat brother three guys, of three of them, that started a TV show where somebody goes around to restaurants and rates them, Dressed and then in purple, and then they talk about it on TV and basically talk about beer and chicken wings and it, it it's kind of like Fud a Ruckers. less in Fuddruckers. It's kind of like a less Carrots. douchey version of diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> is what it really but comes down local. to. And it, this one we. All right, well, let me read about the next one, and then I'll get into what I was going to say. The Wall Street Drive-In Theater, the only drive-in theater on Cape Cod, and my absolute favorite one, located in Wellfleet, Massachusetts, along with U.S. Route 6 near the Massachusetts Autobahn Society's Wellfleet Bay Wildlife Sanctuary. The complex offers first-run double features in season with other attractions, such as indoor cinemas, a flea market, a miniature golf course, and restaurants. The drive-in is one of the venues for annual Provincetown International Film Festival in Providence, Massachusetts, Fromers lists the drive-in as one of the 500 places to see before they disappear, and I will cry tears if they do, and I will beg everyone to give me money to save it. And travel and leisure, so start saving your pennies now, just in case. Travel and leisure selected it as the top 10 retro escape. Original owners John Jentz and Charlie Zender opened the drive-in on July 3rd, 1957. It has a 100 by 44 foot 30, or whatever, I'm not even getting there. Screen Metric. Screw that. Screen was sound provided by both of FM stereo and original individual monaural speakers that can be attached to a car's window. The mini golf features obstacles that date back to 1961. And it's awesome. Yes. My parents took me there as a kid. Now, that's our favorite one. Well, we're going to get there. But Menden is the one we go to the most because it's only about an hour or so from us. But right after we had our daughter, we were bummed. She's like, all right, we really love movies. We're going to miss a lot because we can't keep asking people to watch her every weekend so we can go to the movies. And then one night, we're in her room. I'm nursing. And it's like a life bulb goes off. And Chris is like, hello, driving, hour away, duh. <laughs> it was awesome. So now we go there. We get two movies. You know, she can sleep. Or sometimes we bring a DVD player. And she sits and watches Mickey Mouse in the back seat, And we watch movies. So for those of you listening to this, the the kind of movie theater industry is kind of going in a weird direction, right? The the big theater chains are starting to kind of turn themselves back into that more like the one person customer, your experience is important to us. The AMCs and showcase cinemas of the world are spreading out with their recliner seats, less people to a theater, ticket prices going up kind of thing. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but there's something special about pulling into a drive-in in your car and, you know, Sarah, as she said, her initial experience was this wealthy drive-in. She's been going there since she was a kid. I never got to go to a drive until I was a teenager. So I'm experiencing this all as an adult. Right, we went, um, we went to, no, teenager, I went with my friends up in Maine. Oh, the... Yeah, to the we one We didn't up. talk about the Where's Beach one. I've never been to the Where's Beach one. It's gone now anyway. Yeah, it's gone now. Um, But anyway, what I was going to say is um, people like the Andelman brothers are coming in, you know, uh, also smaller theaters... Film has been disappearing. Film projectors have been disappearing, right? Unless you're Chris Nolan, your movies aren't playing on film anymore. Um, and so these local theater chains that didn't have the money to kind of outfit their whole theater with new projectors have been dying out. And so um, people like the Andelman Brothers Kickstarters of the local theater, uh, Cinema Salem for us, which I actually proposed to Sarah at, um, got saved earlier that year. I mean, this is only three years ago because they were going to have to shut down if they didn't get upgraded to digital film. Same thing is happening with these drive-ins. You know, people were, we talked earlier, you know, there's these kind of guerrilla style ones that are doing it ad hoc, but 
people like the Andelman brothers buying up this old family business and they're fixing it up and making it work again. And they do cool events like the Phantom Gourmet does awesome local food festivals and things of this nature. They now have a venue to do them all at. So it's really cool. Um, the other thing is, and I'm going to add this as a little plug, which I was going to talk about at the end, but we'll do it now. The Hilltop Restaurant, which was this really weird, old-fashioned, like pulling up to like a cowboy saloon type of restaurant in Saugus, Massachusetts on Route 1 near us, has closed. And that area goes back into the woods would be a perfect place to kind of have um, Johnny Rockets come in and put one of those new drive-ins. We would love it. Um, it would be awesome. So everyone start giving us money to the Patreon so we can open it. Yeah, or, or someone start a Kickstarter for this. So back um, you know, to the point of the podcast. So Sarah had said her initial experience was going to Wellfleet as a kid. Do you want to add to that? Yeah. Or My okay. parents took me because we'd go to Cape Cod every summer for a couple days. And they took me, and I remember the movies I watched probably weren't... One of them probably wasn't kid like I was probably old enough because my parents took us, but I just remembered I thought it was cool to sit in the comfort of your car. You know, you could get your your PJs on if you wanted to. I usually bring a blanket now to cuddle in if I get cold and watch a movie. And I've just I've loved it ever since. And we I think we went a couple times. I don't think we went every time we went to the Cape, but now I bring Chris and I go to the Cape and we go and we go to the the uh, mended one and it's great because it's not far enough for nothing to do. I'm like, oh, let's play another drive-in. And both of them are double. Or no, Wellfleet single theater, single screen. Menden is two screens, so there's always a choice. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and they actually were doing Christmas movies this year, and we wanted to try to get to them because they were doing our favorite Christmas movies, but we didn't get a chance. And they, they also played Star Wars: The Last Jedi there this year, which would have been a cool thing to get. This one to. actually, I think Wellfleet's closed for the season already, but Menden seems to be staying open a lot later. Yeah. Um. So with me, um, I went with my friends, but my friend had a camp up on Saco, probably, maybe not, maybe Long Lake up in Maine. And, you know, we'd go up there for the wintertime to ski and went up there in the summer. And I remember we took my car, my old Oldsmobile Cutlass that I had and turned it around and sat on the trunk and had the windows down and blared the radio as loud as we could because they didn't have the speakers like Wellfleet does. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it was signs that we saw, which is real a really cool thing to see out the outdoors. You yeah. know what I mean? I, th- I think that's awesome. And I've been hooked ever since then, and it's a very important part of Sarah and I's life. Um, so then revisiting with me, it's not that far. I revisit with you when we went to Wolfleet for the first time. But yeah. what about you? I love going. We we have a, like a whole thing now. When we go, we get candy. There's like a penny store, candy store in Cape Cod. And across the streets, a, a booth with saltwater taffy. So we get big bags of candies, and we go and, and we sneak beer. Shh. Yes, down in Wallfleet, we always go to the uh, the Cape Cod beer, and you you bring a growler to the drive-in, and you drink it. And not not to say that I mean it is a little weird to think about beer where you drive, but the Phantom Gourmet one, the Menden has a beer garden. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you know it, it's just how it goes. Um, we haven't done that much now that we have our daughter. Yeah, now that we have our daughter. But it's fun. We sit in the car, and you get to watch a movie, and you bring a blanket to cuddle under or pillow. You know, you just, it's comfortable. I like it. I have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, uh, another... And the, the snack bars are the best. Yeah. The, like, the one at the Wellfleet I like better than Menden, because the, the food's a little better. But it's still fun to go get a burger and fries, or, you know, usually get popcorn and a soda. 
Some something I do want to say though, I think new car companies, especially with these push button starts and energy efficiency and saving, they're, they're failing us because we have a Nissan Rogue and your old Keystar car would have an auxiliary switch. You could put it on an auxiliary would work for hours on end. This, there's no way to override it. It shuts off every 20 minutes and you have to go and press the button and try to restart the car. So you end up losing the sound, which is a lot better to go to Wellfleet because we can just use the speaker. You know? At least I think, I don't think Menem does. Sometimes they have the sound just playing out. So for those few seconds, we could just snap a window, you know, the door open for a few seconds right. or something. But I know we love our Nissan Rogue, but yeah, that is a pain in the balls. So then, Sarah, or the next part of what we usually do is thoughts on sharing with your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really depends on the movie with age appropriateness, but this is the classic thing about drive-ins. They... A thing, if you've never been, especially if you're at a part of the country that doesn't have them, these ones, they, they try to hold on to the old film clips. The let's go out to the lobby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we forgot the- about those. They all do the old 1950s original cartoon clips. Like, um, Wellfleet does the, um, oh, say, can you see the, the flag? The national the anthem. anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy brain, I'm pregnant. Leave me alone. Um, at least we know the words. <laughs> um,. <laughs> And they do like you know, you know, coming down to your the movie theater in your Sunday best. It's cute, and then yeah, like and then both of them between the two movies will do the the dancing snack food cartoons, and I absolutely love that. And I actually filmed it one year just so I could watch it until we went back. Again. And that's the other thing that's so important is this too so much now. Everything is so fast. Everything, especially with our kids growing up, they're going to be growing up in a society where everything's your cell phone can get you information as quick as possible and you can always find the information you're looking for and everything is quick and everything is fast food. The drive-in brings back the movie theater movie theater going thing where it's a family evening or a friend's going out. They also don't give you an hour of trailers. Well, and... You get there like an hour or two before the movie starts. You hang out outside, throw a football around, have a good time. It's in a whole evening. It's not the, oh, this is something we're doing because we're impulse going to a movie because we're wandering through the mall and we have an hour and a half to kill. This is a, you got to commit to it. And I love that. Um, and so, you know, if you can find one, get to one. If you can donate to keep one around. We go to Nova Scotia a lot. We love it up there. There's one drive-in, I think, on the entire island or the the entirety of it. And it's in, um, it's in yeah, it's in Cape Breton. It's in Sydney. And they're running completely on local people donating. Um, and, and I think that's awesome. Um, do you have anything else? Um, I think it's very age appropriate. Obviously, it depends on the movie, but like with her, she's two, so she doesn't really pay attention to what we're watching. You know, a few times we'll, you know, Crystal hold her in the front with us while we watch, but usually she's in the back facing the opposite direction with Mickey Mouse. But I really like it, and now I want to go to a drive in. Yeah, we got to go like right now. And I really wish they'd come back in full. I mean, it does. The only another downside to it is harder to go with like a huge group of people because obviously you can't only cram however many people fit in your car. So if you're in multiple cars, unless you get there super early, there's no guarantee you're all going to be lined up together. That's the other thing. They're cost effective. So if you do have like four friends, you can fit four people in a car comfortable. You usually pay by the car load at these places. Um, I believe at Wellfleet it's nine bucks a person, but even that you're seeing two movies. You yeah. you you can't get that deal. And- <laughs> you know, and they're all upgrading to digital, so the look you, you're and getting they usually a good get, picture. They always have newer movies too, so you're not like watching like something that's a few years old. You can usually catch the newest movie, you know, in a week or two after it's out. Okay. 
So we good? I think so. Awesome. Thank you guys all for listening. This one was very near and dear to our hearts. Um, As always, post any comments, other topic ideas, maybe info about a drive-in you've been to that might be close by to us or if we're ever visiting your city, we might want to check out. Um, Go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash the Chippa or the YouTube page. The Chippa made this is what I call myself on YouTube. And as we always say, Sarah. There's no shame in being a geek, no matter how old you are. Thank you guys so much, and I'm glad to be back. Have a great night. Vote Democrat. Yes. (laughs) The Women's March was today. Rock the fuck on. Rock those pussy hats. I caramba. (laughs) Ha ha ha.